Hello, it is your host, Johnny, from Johnny's Book Reviews, a site to help inspire you guys to go read, so go read. Today, I'm going to be reviewing Robert Iger's book called Ride of a Lifetime, and I'm going to be discussing what I liked about the book, what I didn't like about the book, and any lessons I got from the book. Let's fucking get it. Do you like animals, specifically sea turtles, penguins, sharks? I say this because I wanted to find an organization that provides awareness over these animals, something that catches your eye like a bracelet. And I couldn't find an organization until I came across myfahlo.com, myfollow.com, and they have great bracelets to choose from, specifically on animals that are on the endangered species list. So they have a sea turtle bracelet, penguin bracelet, shark bracelet, elephant bracelet, polar bear bracelet, orca bracelet, and now they just dropped the lion bracelet. Now, these are great bracelets to help educate people on wildlife and excite them about the conversation for these particular animals. So my father partners with nonprofit organizations, specifically like the Save the Elephants, Polar Bear International, etc., and provide real animals to track. It's pretty cool. I have the sea turtle bracelet, the shark bracelet, and the elephant bracelet, and they came with a card to track those specific animals, and I can see where my turtle is in the ocean, as well as where my shark is, and then also my elephant. It is pretty cool, and I, I love that. So, Go to myfollow.com. It's myfahlo.com. Order some awesome bracelets. And then when you're about to check out, use my coupon code Johnny, J O H N N Y Y I M 20 to save 15% off your order. Again, the coupon code is J O H N N Y Y I M 20 to save 15%. I do get commission if you use my coupon code. But the most important thing is making more people aware. Of these endangered animals so go to myfile.com order some awesome bracelets i mean i have the pink shark bracelet the white elephant bracelet and then also a green sea turtle bracelet they are fire and i'm gonna probably get the lion bracelet so get yours use my coupon code save 15 percent, and provide awareness of these endangered animals First off, who is Robert Iger? Robert Iger was the CEO of Disney for 15 years from 2005 to 2020. He has written a great business leadership book over his time called The Ride of a Lifetime as the CEO. And you can learn so much from these books. It's fucking crazy. Now, all leaders have their problems and flaws. The big thing is to work on them and to keep growing and to... Provide a great environment for the people that work under you, especially for a manager, a CEO, etc. For Robert Iger, I think he was a decent leader from you know the actions he's portrayed and what he has done for Disney. Now, I don't really know personally what it is to work with him, and I think that would kind of be helpful in this situation. But with that, like Without that information, I only know specifically how he is overall as a leader. I think it's very important 
with a leader, you have to have a great environment. You have to be good to work with and not toxic. And I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later. All right. What is this book about? So to be honest with you, uh, this is a wonderful book. Now, Robert Iger, again, is the, was the CEO of Disney for 15 years, from 2005 to 2020. And from those 15 years, he's done a lot for the company. It's fucking crazy. And I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later. But this is what he's really done. Sorry, and this is an excerpt from Amazon.com about the book. And this is what Amazon has to say. So, New York Times bestseller and memoir of leadership and success, the executive chairman of Disney or CEO, Times 2019 Business Person of the Year, shares the ideas and values he's embraced during his 15 years as CEO while reinventing one of the world's most beloved companies, inspiring the people who bring the magic to life. So this is named one of the best books of the year by NPR. So Robert Iger became CEO of the Walt Disney Company in 2005 during a difficult time. Competition was more intense than ever, and technology was changing faster than at any time in the company's history. His vision came down to three clear ideas. Recommit to the concept that quality matters. Embrace technology instead of fighting it. And think bigger. Think global. And turn Disney into a stronger brand in international markets, which he has done. Today, well, actually, he's done all three of them. Today, Disney is the largest, most admired media company in the world, counting Mix, Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and 21st Century Fox among its properties. By the way, he acquired all of those businesses. It's fucking crazy, right? As a CEO, he acquired four big businesses. Took him several years to do it, but he was able to do it, right? All right, let's get back into the excerpt or the information from Amazon.com. So its value is nearly five times what it was when Iger took over, and he recognized as one of the most innovative and successful CEOs of our era. In the ride of a lifetime, Robert Iger shares the lessons he learned while running Disney and leading its 220,000-plus employees, and he explores the principles that are necessary for true leadership, including optimism. Even in the face of difficulty, an optimistic leader will find the path toward the best possible outcome and focus on that, rather than give in to pessimism and blaming. Courage. Leaders have to be willing to take risk and place big bets creativity decisiveness all decisions no matter how difficult can be made on a timely basis indecisiveness is both wasteful and destructive to morale fairness treat people decently with empathy and be accessible to them the book is about the relentless curiosity that has driven Iger for 45 years since the day he started as the lowest studio grunt at abc he worked his way up it's all about the thoughtfulness and the respect and a decency over dollars approach that has become the bedrock of every project and partnership Iger pursues, from a deep friendship with Steve Jobs in his final years to an abiding love of the Star Wars mythology. Or This is what uh, Iger says, uh, but this is still from Amazon.com. The ideas in the book strike me as universal, Iger writes, not just the aspiring CEOs of the world, but to anyone wanting to feel less fearful, more confident in themselves as they navigate their professional and even personal lives. Again, that was from Robert Iger. He personally wrote that. But also, this 
information I just provided was from Amazon.com. So definitely check out that and kind of see what they wrote uh, about the book. But that's basically what they wrote about the book from Amazon.com. My review. Holy shit. This was fucking fabulous book. Now, I didn't read the book cover to cover. And the real reason behind that is because I looked at the contents and kind of skimmed around and realized that he actually talked about everything in the book, The Ride of a Lifetime, in a um, class that he did on masterclass.com. So masterclass.com is a great website that actually provides you great lessons from people who have actually done what they're teaching you. There are classes on cooking by Gordon Ramsay. There's classes on on being a CEO instructed by Robert Iger himself, who wrote this book. Several others as well. There's so many classes to take on masterclass.com. There's over 100 plus classes taught by instructors who have actually taught who've actually done what they are teaching you. And that's a big thing. If the person is teaching you something or advising you to do something, but they don't do it or don't act on that or don't actually provide any substantial proof that they're doing that, then why the fuck are you, why the fuck am I listening to that person? Actions speak louder than words. Let me say that again. Actions speak louder than words. And that really applies in this situation. Because these instructors have done what they're teaching to you. They have provided a ton of action specifically on building a business. Running a business or as a CEO for 15 plus years and like Robert Iger have act, have directed, etc. And that's what I really like about this class. Now it's only $200 per year. Honestly, that investment is better than most fucking colleges. Yeah, I just fucking said that. And I, I honestly it is. And from my personal uh perspective in college and I've seen this firsthand that many classes that I had, that person or the professor didn't really do what they're doing. To be honest with you, I went to school for athletic training, and I actually had professors who were top-notch athletic trainers. And they kind of provided their personal perspective in the classes that they taught. Not only Denison, but also Kent State University. It was fucking fabulous. And that's why I really learned so much at those two colleges. Also, the other thing too is like I had sports law that was actually taught by someone who worked in sports law. That was a fabulous class. And I also learned a lot because I was actually learning from someone who is actually doing or actually or actually doing what they are teaching us. Second thing too is uh this is like my highlight of Denison is I, I was in a editing class. It was like communication. It was for my communication requirement. So at Denison, it's liberal arts school. So you're required to do all these certain categories. 
So communications, math, music, etc. So I was required to do a communications requirement, and this was one of them. So I took the class, not really knowing what to expect of it. But, you know, the crazy thing is the professor was the chief editor at the Columbus Dispatch, which is a newspaper agency or newspaper company, news company in Columbus, Ohio. It's one of the top in Columbus, Ohio, and one of the top in Ohio. And he was providing a lot of lessons that he learned from his job to us. And I I really enjoyed that. And it's crazy because I wrote like four or five uh, nonfiction articles, basically, you know, things that I had to interview for, etc. And he edited those so fucking hard, like he was editing an actual news article. And that really told me and really taught me a lot about writing. And really actually made me really enjoy writing. It was fun to kind of have that in the class you know i was able to write and be able to learn about writing while he was uh kind of fixing up on the uh my writing style which was pretty cool he taught me and all the other classmates on well he taught me and all the other classmates by what he has done and what he has seen which is phenomenal that's what you got to do and I, I don't think a lot of colleges provide that. And I, I'm really glad that I had that class. The master class provided all the information that I needed on Robert Iger. And so I was looking at the co- table of contents. I was like, okay, I don't really need to read this book. So I just read sections or chapters that really piqued my interest. And those chapters were uh, the acquisitions that he made. I was really interested in those. Uh, there were Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilms or Star Wars, and then 21st Century Fox. To be honest with you, he wrote those sections or chapters pretty well. He provided a lot more detail in those chapters than he did actually in the master class. So if you want a little bit more information about those companies, I would definitely check out this book. Also, I would check out the master class that he did. Both of them are really good, so definitely check those out. When it came with acquiring these companies, it wasn't like, he could go over to the CEO of the company and say, give me that fucking company. No, that doesn't work. It took Iger several years for him to acquire some of these companies. Actually, some of them, the companies actually took him five plus years. He had to get the other CEOs trust by, you know, hanging out with them, sympathizing with them, sending up meetings, talking to them about how Disney is not going to ruin their brand or take over their brand. It's actually going to spread their brand even more to the masses, even more to a lot more people. And that's what really Iger wanted to do. So you can see that with, for example, 21st Century Fox. 21st Century Fox still has their logo and everything like that. Disney didn't take that away. It's basically Disney is the umbrella. And then it's these other sublet companies that they own. What they wanted to do, and what Iger really wanted to do, was that he loved these companies. And so he thought that he actually could provide a lot more awareness of these companies to 
several different people. And he could provide that internationally. And Disney is an international brand. Everyone knows who Disney is. Iger knows this. And many of the CEOs knew this. But they were afraid that Disney was going to take over and really rip their brand apart. And Iger's like, no, that's not going to happen. What we want to do is spread your brand to the masses. And look at what it has happened. They spread it everywhere. Marvel. Look at fucking Marvel. Holy shit. Everyone knows who Marvel is now. But not many people know that Marvel is actually acquired by Disney. Same with 21st Century Fox. I think that's the big point that Iger wanted and that the CEOs wanted. Is that, hey, we don't want a lot of people to know that you're taking over our brand. That you own our brand. We want to be kind of a separate brand while you help us out to send that brand to several different countries all over the fucking world. That's what they did. So to be honest with you, I love this book. You know, if you don't know anything about Iger, definitely read the book cover to cover or and or go to uh, the masterclass on him, masterclass.com. Again, it's $200, but it's a fucking great investment. So if you know some information about Iger, I'll check out some sections that pique your interest. The the parts that I read were fucking fabulous, and they were about him acquiring those businesses, which I really was interested in because I really wanted to know his perspective on how he talked with these CEOs. And the biggest thing that many uh, that all the CEOs wanted was, hey, we don't want the brand to be ruined. We don't want your brand to take over our brand. And I don't think that has, ta- it has happened really. You can see that they're all separate brands within this one big brand, which is Disney. Many people don't know that like ABC Sports Center is also owned by Disney. And I think that really helped out because those were acquired well before Robert Iger's time as CEO. It stays true to the Disney value where we're not going to say, fuck you. No, what we want to do as a brand, as a company, is bring that awareness to several different people. And that's really what happened. The big focus is your brand, but we're, we're here just to help you relay that message, that company, to a lot more people. A lot more people than what you're going to do alone. That's the biggest thing, too. Like, for example, Marvel. Like, they wouldn't have the opportunity, the resources that Disney has if they were doing it all alone. So, for example, with Iron Man and Captain America movies and then forming that into Avengers, like, I'm talking about the movies, they wouldn't have been able to do that Marvel alone because they didn't have the resources, the money, etc. to be able to do that. But... If Disney owned that company, now we're talking here. And that's really what's going to help out. So Disney provides the resources, the money, etc. To be able to send that brand out to the masses. And that's really what I, I, I like about it. It's because they're not taking over the brand. They're just helping them spread awareness to the brand even more and letting people know, hey, Disney didn't make this. It was formed by this guy, this guy, this guy, etc. Right? 
So the parts, yeah, I read were really fabulous. This is the best business leadership book I've ever read. So get your hands on it, read it, and let me know how you think about it. So what did I like? Number one, he was open. He discussed a lot about uh, a lot of information in this book. He was very open. He was candid about it. And the biggest sections that I uh, particularly liked and the ones that I read, which he was really open about, was which was Star Wars, Marvel, Fox, and Pixar. So that was fucking crazy. I love that. What did I not like? Nothing. This was a um, really good book. I'm biased because I like how Higer ran uh, Disney for 15 years. He did a decent job. However, I don't really know specifically on what it was like working with him. But from his actions, I kind of see like, oh, yeah, he did a decent job. Overall, I really don't know. Like, I can really base. I can't really review him that heavily uh, That if he was a good leader or not. Because I didn't really work with him. If I worked with him, it would be a little bit different. And I think I could kind of pinpoint that uh, and provide like a better review over if he was a, de- uh, a really good leader or not. So anyways, the book was easy to read. The writing and front cover caught my attention. I actually like I looked over this uh, while looking at a, the business section at work. And I was like, wow, he wrote a book. And then, I, of course, I looked at the table of contents. I was like, oh, yeah, it was just like the master class. I'm just going to read these sections, and I didn't disappoint. I honestly loved it. If you already know about Iger, I wouldn't say that you have to read the book cover to cover. If you don't know anything about him, if you don't know what he has done, etc., then I definitely would read the cover book to cover to cover. I also would check out the master class and definitely kind of invest in that class because it is a wonderful class that they actually have instructors that teach you on things that they've actually done. So I've recorded these lessons over and over again. And basically, I didn't want to provide a long 20 minute talk about them each lesson I had. So I just wanted to provide a short, sweet idea and a lesson for you guys. Let's begin. Number one is you have to lead by action or in your personal life. You have to lead by action. You got to do what you're saying that you're going to do. You got to fucking exhibit that to your coworkers and anyone in your personal life. I think that's fucking key. And that's why I stated as number one, because you have to provide that action. You got to provide whatever you say to people. You got to actually exhibit it to the people that you work with or even or the even the people in your life. So if you want someone to sell a certain number of products, cars, cards, or whatever it is, you got to be doing that as well. And if you're not, that's a great opportunity for you both to learn and be like, hey, I'm not good at this area. I'm kind of a weak at it as well. Let's kind of work on it together. Let's play a little game. Let's see who sells the most cards or cars or whatever it is and see who wins in the the end of the the, the week? Uh, let's kind of work on this together and let's have some fun and get after it. Something like that, you know. Just have fun, but also kind of work on what needs to be worked on to help the business grow. Not only applies to professionally, but also in your personal life too. So if you're gonna fucking do something, fucking do it. Lead by example. And so for me, this is an example that I have in my life is 
I posted on my personal Instagram, Johnny25EM, that I am going to do a marathon in each state. So I wrestled with this idea for a month. It wasn't like, oh, let's fucking do it. Actually, I really wanted to, but really thought about it for a month. And, you know, I decided, hey, let's make a video and just announce that, hey, we're going to do it. So we did that. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to back down from that. I'm going to fucking do a marathon in each state. And the biggest thing for me is I wanted to push myself to the limit every fucking time, 50 times. And also the craziest thing is after doing these marathons, I've done two so far. So I'm two out of 50 right now. I have 48 more to go. But after doing these marathons, training for them, I want to do 100 miler as well. And then I've also been working on an Ironman. You know, the biggest thing too is running has been my weakness. To be honest with you, right now, I could do a, an Ironman. I could do a half Ironman. Easy. Fucking easy. Here's the thing though. And what I'm worried about and you know what I try to work on as much as possible is the running because running is by far the weakest sport that I've ever actually ever worked on or done. You know, I'm great at basketball, I'm great at swimming, I'm great at biking, but with this running, it's just, I fucking suck at it. And so I'm really working on something that I'm weak at and uh, and providing that action to people. Uh, but yeah, I, I suck at running, but here's the thing, like, I'm working on it and I am kind of doing what I need to do to accomplish that goal that I have running in uh, 50 states so i'm really excited about that and it's not only pushing myself to the limits every fucking time no it's also about pushing myself to go to these states i've always wanted to go to the all 50 states and to be honest with you i wouldn't have gone if i didn't have a motivation if i didn't have like a race to go to with these states because i would honestly i'm content with just staying in my house but honestly who wants to do that? I, I don't want to do that. I want to go to these areas and places and see things that I've never seen before, taste some great food, etc. And then also fucking go into the pain cave and get after it. That's really what I want to do. And uh, I'm really excited for that with these marathons is that I'm tracking everything and documenting everything like the hotels that I go to, etc. And then also talking about, you know, what I do for my training, etc. And I'm documenting everything and going to compile that all into a nice little book, 200, 300 pages, probably might be even more. And uh, I'll be able to send that out. So we shall see. Uh, I'm really excited about that. And that's in the works. Anyways, that's just like an example that I have. I'm saying that I'm fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. If you guys want to run a marathon in each state, let's fucking do it. Hit me up on uh, Instagram at Johnny's Book Reviews or even Johnny25VM. I'll fucking get after it with you guys. If you guys want to run a marathon too, fucking DM me. Let's fucking get after it. It's fucking fun. If you ever want to push yourself to the fucking absolute limit, do a marathon. Honestly, it has changed my entire life. 2021, doing a marathon, man. At the period of time in 2021... Again, I talk a lot about this. It ends with us uh, book review, but I, I was I was really suffering. I was homeless. Uh, I didn't know where I was going to go for grad school. Uh, if I was going to go continue with grad school, etc. I was 240, 230 pounds. Uh, I was overweight, hard to move, 
wasn't really healthy, watched a shit ton of movies, TV. I mean, it's not too bad, but once it, you know, destroys you health-wise, like it did for me, I I had to stop, and then I, I started running, and that progressed for me doing a marathon. So it really changed my fucking life, honestly. So that's the example that I have. Now, an example that I have in history is leading by example is Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. on August 28th, 1963, delivered a fucking powerful speech. I have a dream. I have a dream one day. He said that speech at the Lincoln Memorial. And you know, honestly, that speech wouldn't matter or be as powerful as today if he didn't provide action before or even after the speech both times right he provided action he provided action of hey i want people i want everyone to be equal i want there not to be racism but i also i want blacks and whites to get together i want blacks and whites not to have to go to the different bathrooms different restaurants whatever it is he didn't want that he wanted equality for all he risked his life doing that Sadly, he did pass away doing what he risked his life doing. He provided a lot of risk for his family and then also himself. But he kept on fucking doing it. He kept on protesting. Hours, miles, whatever it is, he kept on doing it. Then he provided this powerful speech. I have a fucking dream. And then, bam. It was unbelievable. And that's a prime example of leading by example. His speech, I have a dream. Wouldn't be as powerful. We wouldn't know it as much if he didn't actually provide the civil rights marchers evidence that he was doing the same thing. He marched marched right with them. He fucking walked miles, hundreds, thousands of miles and protested about equality. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what you got to do. You have to lead by example. Now, I mean, you don't have to do what Martin Luther King Jr. did, but... If you want someone to follow you, if you want someone to actually listen to you, you have to back that up by examples. You have to provide that or you have to back that up by what you're doing as well. If you're not portraying that to people, they're not going to fucking listen to you. So number two is also leading by example outside of work and not doing anything really stupid. Honestly, I think that activity outside of work portrays who you really are. To be honest with you, an example that I have is partying, going out to clubs, whatever it is, and you're doing that like every week or every day or whatever it is. Uh, I honestly think that portrays a lot of information on me as a person to kind of decide on, "Mm, I really don't want to do a business with you. And for me, it's just, it provides a lot of questions, but the main ones for me are like, are you reliable? Are you going to be trustworthy? Or are you just going to fucking party all the time and not worry about this business or idea or whatever it is? I always think about Nelk. I'm not going to disclose a lot of information about them. If you guys don't know Nelk, just look it up on YouTube. They're a business YouTube kind of company. But for me, they have a business over merch and now they have a new beer or whatever it is. I think it's Happy Dad or something like that. What they do is just party all the fucking time. And on it, I don't see anything other than partying. 
they interview all these top entrepreneurs and everything like that. Yes, all they do is party. I, I wouldn't open up a business plan with them or a contract because I feel like they were not going to be reliable. They're not going to be trustworthy because for me, as evidence from their videos, I'm, I'm saying like, okay, like they're just going to party all the fucking time. And I honestly don't like that. And they're providing like this idea that partying is good. Partying is fine to a lot of people. They have over like what? 2 million subscribers. Uh, and a lot of them are younger people. And I, I don't think that's a really good idea to portray to people that, uh, that partying is good. You know, you can go to clubs and nightclubs and etc. If you do it like every day or every week, I, I would say do it sparingly, like maybe once every year or something like that, or not even, you know, for me, I, I really go out to parties anymore because I don't want to provide any information or insight that, you know, I'm not reliable or trustworthy. Also, I don't want anyone to know that I, I do any of that stuff. You know, for me, I think drinking in the house is a better alternative and better option than drinking outside and just people seeing all the behavior that I have when I'm drunk. No, I would rather have someone like my brother or something like that. See that besides multiple people, especially if someone's videotaping me, I don't want anyone to see that. And also the biggest thing for me is I rarely drink. I all drink here and there, but I, I rarely drink anymore. Beer here and there, like a Seagram or something like that. I like margaritas, but I rarely will drink because I've had problems with my family specifically over uh, addictions, and I honestly don't want to go into that realm or even touch into that. That That's just one example. Like, for me, like, partying is a big one. Like, what I do outside of work, I, I wouldn't want anyone to see that I party and a raging alcoholic. To be honest with you, I, I don't, I'm not a regional alcoholic. I don't drink a, a lot. I'll drink here and there, but I will not drink in front of hundreds of thousands of people. That's no, I'm not going to do that. And I think that provides a lot of insight on who you are as a person, but also character wise. And then also as a business, I, I would not want to set up a business contract with Nelk. Uh, because then I'll be looking at their videos and be like, mm, is this really reliable? Are they kind of trustworthy? Or are they just going to keep on partying over and over again? And that's what I would say with lesson number two. So bad. And I've seen it many times as a leader, as a manager. I've seen it a lot of times on YouTube and a lot of times in my personal life as well with you know family talking to me about their work environment, etc. This is huge. I, and I think toxic environment is a reason why there's a lot of turnover in specific companies. McDonald's talk about, you know, food, fast food restaurants. But also there's a lot of other companies, schools, etc., that have a lot of turnover rates and have a lot or a big toxic environment. And I think that's the big reason why. You know, the, the biggest thing is like for me, like I have a couple examples for a toxic environment they are you know workers feel scared and not comfortable telling the workers they aren't working hard enough for the they have to try a little harder and they're not open to any ideas or changes they're not open to discussion 
they're always, you know, it's my way or the highway type of thing. That's very toxic. That's not going to get anything fucking done. And this makes it very hard to work in and causes a lot of people to be like, well, fuck you. I'm quitting or not even try. They're not putting in the hundred percent because, you know, they're like thinking in their head like, well, why should I even try? Why should I put in the effort? Because whatever I do is not good enough. And that is very bad. Very bad. That's abusive. That's that's an abusive relationship. And you should get the fuck out of it. That's very, very, very bad. And if that happens in your environment while you work or wherever you work, get the fuck out and go to another company. Because toxic environment is very, very bad. If, if that does happen, but you really like the company... I would say potentially move to another store or another, like, if they have multiple stores, I would move to another store potentially or, or report it. That's a kind of a difficult one. But if you really like the company, but you also don't like the manager or the leader or whoever it is who's leading that company or store or whatever it is, the hard part might be talking to them about it. But also, I would say report it. And if that doesn't work potentially go into another company or if they have multiple stores go to a different store and be able to and you'll be able to go there and it might be different so i want to elaborate on the comment that i mentioned earlier and this is specifically on the comment that i i've heard multiple times a lot of uh, people have mentioned this that their manager or their leader kind of does this and it's like no you can't do this and i've I've witnessed this and experienced this in my work life too, is where someone says, you're not working hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. You're, you need to try a little harder. I'm like, what? And you definitely shouldn't fucking say this. If you're fucking saying this, stop it. Don't, don't say this. This is fucking bad into a situation where they want to leave where, or they're, they're going to be like, okay, fuck you. I'm not going to even try now. Or they're going to be like uh, walking around or they're going to be like, well, fuck you. I've tried in all these different areas. I'm a failure. What do you want from me? I'm not going to even try something like that. They're going to be feel attacked. They're not going to really like what you say afterward. And it's going to be very hard for them to listen to you. You know, they're going to be really resentful for you, etc. Uh, this is such uh, a bad thing to say. It's so fucking bad. You know, in my personal experience, what I felt like was that I haven't tried hard enough, that I haven't worked hard enough, and that I should work harder. Yeah, that's that's very bad. That's toxic. That's, no, that shouldn't happen. That's a big, no, no, that it, it shouldn't happen. You, you shouldn't have your workers feeling like they're not doing enough, feeling like they are failures, and then walking around in eggshells. No. And I, I think it has to go with the idea that the leader, the CEO, whoever it is, has high expectations. Yeah, it's great to have expectations. It's great to have those things. But if it's too high and no one can reach it, why the fuck do you have expectations? Because then that person is not going to be able to reach it. They're going to feel like they're failing. They're going to feel like they're not worth in the company. They're not going to try or anything like that. And then they're going to be resentful toward you, etc. And I think this is a big thing that a lot of 
uh, companies should work on. And you definitely shouldn't say you're not working hard enough. You need to try a little harder. Like, what? What? So this is what I would do, specifically over that comment, is don't say that comment at all. Don't say anything in those lines of that comment. But, you know, if you're trying to give advice to someone or if you're trying to, you know, you see something that's weak for them, provide a positive comment to them like whatever they're doing like really strong for the for that week like hey you're doing really well in this etc etc now you provide that advice that you want to give them or you say hey this is what you're weak on or this is what you're kind of weak in this area uh what's going on what's the kind of areas or categories is there any questions that you have do you think it's a scam or whatever it is like just keep on gauging or uh, asking questions to get their uh, information on what's going on. So that way you can get more information on specifically on what's going on and why they're not performing or in weak in that area. It's very important because then you're not just assuming you're actually providing that question to them to kind of help them out and also to not make them feel like they're being attacked, which is huge. And then when that's done, just provide a positive comment again. And, you know, you've done really well in this area again. Uh, thank you so much for what you do. I'm proud of you, etc. Boom, done. Right. And I think that's huge. So that's called the hamburger effect. Positive, negative, positive. So that they feel like they are validated. They feel like they are actually doing something for the company. Doesn't have them always have the thing that's always negative on their mind. So if you just blatantly say this negative thing or i would say it's it would be negative for them but essentially if you're just providing advice to them or a thing that they have to work on which could be portrayed as negative to them don't say it uh first off right because when you say that first off that's the thing that they're going to be on their mind all the time but if you sandwich it sandwich it between two positives it's not going to be really on their mind that much. The big thing that's going to be on their mind is the positives and how they're feeling validated and how they've done really well for the company. And I think that's huge. So that's what I definitely recommend doing. And then also taking out the saying, if you're saying it definitely fucking shouldn't stop. Shouldn't say it is you're not trying hard enough. You need to try a little harder. You need to try harder. Huh? Don't fucking say it. All right. That's what I would say about that. Also on this line of, it comes down to like behavioral cues as well. So if you want someone to improve on something, don't start critiquing them or fixing whatever they're doing in front of someone or uh, making them embarrassed. Or even like, I've heard someone say this before too, that their uh, manager does this is sigh whenever they're trying to sell something and they're just if someone said that or did that to you what would you think for me i would be thinking like what is that correct did i did something right did i is that the right thing or no if you're signing don't fucking do it uh or if you're doing any bad behavioral cues that tell the the worker that you're working with that they suck or that they've are not doing enough and they're not trying hard enough, then stop doing that. And that's one of the big ones for me is I've heard is sighing is 
uh, is bad, you know, because that sign is like whenever they say something bad or whenever they don't mention something or whatever in the person's size, that provides for me like, oh, shit. Like, if I was that person, I would feel like, oh, did I do anything right? And then I would be in a, like, kind of walking on eggshells type of thing. Whatever I say, I don't feel comfortable with. Oh, no, what's going to happen? And that is very bad. So if you're doing any of those behavioral cues or anything like that, like sighing, don't do it. Do not do it. Fix up on your behavioral cues, especially not only as a leader, but also in your personal life. Don't fucking do it. And if you're being a toxic leader, fucking stop. That's not good. That's bad. It's fucking bad. And the last thing or the last lesson I'm going to mention is rest. Rest is so fucking important. This applies to the first lesson too, is that if you're not getting rest, but telling a lot of people to get rest, it means jack shit. So you need to get rest as well. Sleep a lot. Fucking focus on your physical and mental health. So fucking important. And honestly, I've read or kind of looked at posts from a book. And one of the quotes that I'm going to tell you guys right now is from the book, The Self-Care Mindset by Jeanette Brunet. And so she says in the book on page 12, chapter one, is that it took me two burnouts and losing both my parents within a year to cancer before I realized that self-care is a daily mindset, not something we do only on weekends to recover from a stressful week. Socrates introduced us to self-care in ancient Greece as knowing ourselves uh, that caring for ourselves is how we can care for loved ones. The sense that self-care is not just about us has been part of the human condition since we appeared on earth. Buddhism speaks about the compassion for ourselves so that we have compassion for others. We are all interconnected. Self-care is not just about self, it's about care. And we have to do it every fucking day. And that's, again, page 12, chapter 1. But from that book, you know, from my personal experience, I've learned that self-care, taking care of myself is so fucking important every fucking day. And for me to do that, I love to run. I love to read. I love to write. And I love to work on this podcast every day. And that really helps me and feel grounded for me. It helps me become 100% rested as much as humanly possible to come back into the the place that I work with a, with a bang and just keep on doing what I uh, want to do with for that company, etc. I love taking care of things that I love to do, and I love doing those uh, as, as much as I can every fucking day. And that's what I really focus on. And that's what I think you should guys for, should focus on too, is do something that you love to do, do something that you enjoy every day. You know, if that's a bath with uh, wine and some reading, fucking do that. If you want to take a walk, take a walk. If you want to do something else that you want to enjoy, is something a little small that you love doing, then do it. If you like painting, drawing, writing, fucking get after it. And I, I think that's going to really help out. The biggest thing is the rest is so important. So fucking important. And we should do it a lot more. We we grind so much. We work our fucking hearts out. 
And we don't really take time for ourselves, and we should. We should definitely focus on that. And that's only the biggest thing, too, is also related with that is the idea of vacation. How we should optimize our vacations as much as possible. We should take that opportunity to spend time with ourselves, but also with family in whatever family event we're doing or family vacation that we're doing. That's so fucking important. I think that's that's key for me family hanging out with my brother really helps me gets grounded and energized for the week and i i really enjoy that yeah the biggest thing i would say is just kind of figure out what makes you happy what you like to enjoy what you love to do and do that every fucking day it doesn't have to be like an hour it can be only five minutes right five minutes and then kind of progress forward from there five minutes to six minutes to seven minutes and kind of work yourself up. Hey, here's the thing. There's no such thing as you don't have enough time, right? You have enough time. Just find the fucking time to do it. And that'd be in the morning or at nighttime for me. I can't do anything at nighttime. I fucking fall asleep. I'm so fucking tired for me. I have to wake up in the morning. I get my runs done, whatever it is. And uh, I read, I do whatever I need to do. I write about, I write 500 words and then I get on with the day, work on, you know, Johnny's book reviews or uh, I just go to my, the place that I work. And then I keep on doing that. I think that's so key. That's the lesson. Rest, really take care of your self care. So fucking important. All right, that is it for this review. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is the review over the Ride of a Lifetime by Robert Iger. Thank you guys so much for listening. I discussed what I liked about the book, what I disliked about the book, and any lessons I got from the book. Thank you guys so much. And if you guys want to support this channel, definitely support it by following this channel and then providing the notifications to let you guys know when those episodes drop. Usually on Friday, so definitely check that out. Also check out my Facebook on or Johnny's Book Reviews where I provide a ton of information and updates on there. And then my Instagram and Goodreads where I provide uh, the reviews over books that I recently read. And then also check out my uh, site, johnnysbookreviews.com, where I provide the notes on these uh, reviews on that site. But also I provide a ton of other uh, reviews that I haven't reviewed yet on uh, this podcast. So definitely check out johnnysbookreviews.com. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you guys in the next one.